Welcome to Dustress. Keep your dice rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic float. Who are you? Ah, good day. I'm Dick Horney. And what are you doing in my intro? Dick, Dick Horney? Seriously? This is my intro! You have the other one. This one's mine. These boys, they're under my protection now. Why don't you just skedaddle on back to that title locked hell space you call Eterna? You'll uh, be hearing from my editor. You. Taraxis vanishes. <laughs> Can't believe you brought a goddamn tavern cat to my pub. Anyway. Welcome to Dustress. Keep your dots rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic flowing. Buckle up, travelers. You're in for a ride. And and please bring down the slurp. I know that's a thing. I didn't. I, I don't know how it's gonna pick up, but just please bring it down. Like if you think it bring sounds fine. Up, the you motherfucker. I want to hear about it. <laughs> Welcome to Dustress, a high fantasy, high magic homebrew world in the Pathfinder system with custom magic rules. This and Eldritch Stream Games production is made possible by our patrons: Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, and Robin Mims. We encourage you to stick around after this story to hear about the great projects these people are working on. But for now, let's get to today's episode. We'd like to give a shout out to Robin Mims for being the newest member of our patrons. Thank you so much for joining. Ah, good day. Welcome to the Feral Hog. I'm Dick Horney. I run this tavern here in the small pirate town of the Cove. Karina let me set up shop here and I've made it my own. Now, we had a whole session recorded for you where the boys finally came here, hung out, and then began their journey north to the town of Hill Point. Unfortunately, Rick got spooked when he discovered that our beautiful pirate queen was the daughter of a renowned mob boss back in his world. In his paranoid state, it seems he tossed all files containing sensitive information overboard. Despite the merfolk's best efforts to recover all of it, the data for this episode was ruined. Luckily, I'm more than just a friendly innkeep, and I can fill you in on what occurred. Good news is, it wasn't a very exciting episode to begin with. The Hob Queen kept going on and on about these little details the party noticed about the pirates, such as them being friendly with merfolk and having zippers on their clothes. You know, the kind of details DMs often throw into the story for no apparent reason, other than to hear themselves talk. Yeah, there was a lot of that going on until the boys met me. It was at that point that things kind of devolved. They all broke character and spent about 20 minutes singing the praises of some man named Brian Bridges. Not exactly sure who that fellow is, but from the way they carried on, I'm assuming he's some sort of god in their world, as by the end of it, they were all encouraging everyone to go follow him. It might be some weird kind of cult thing, though, so be careful. Eventually, they did get back to playing the game, did a little shopping, drinking, and in Russell's case, gambling. They didn't stay in the cove for very long. The next day, they set out for Heel Point with the girls they rescued from the slavers, the twin priestesses, and some books for someone named Darlena. They decided to stay away from the shoreline, though, in case slavers were in the area since the girls were with them. For the most part, travel was uneventful. On their final night under the open sky, they met a man named Travis, who they'd heard from the Pirate Queen mention 
that he was a traveler from a previous group who now works as a huntsman for the community of Heel Point, and he was able to magically summon some mounts to speed their journey along. Brigord seemed to get along with him quite well. He even made plans to hunt together. So sweet. I think the biggest surprise for the boys came when they reached town. The rescued girls took off running and embraced a couple of men patrolling near the edge of town, but they weren't locked men like any of the boys had seen before. One sported a set of horns and red skin covered in tattoos. He introduced himself as Mal, short for Maldrick, and set about to escort the girls home. The other looked much like an elf, but his skin was dark and his hair snow white. He's what's known as a drow, but you gotta forgive the boys their ignorance. Introducing himself as Zolv, he volunteered to take the boys to meet the man in charge of Hill Point, his dear brother Drovik. Drovik is a pleasant enough fella. He and I have had a couple scrapes here and there. He offered the boys a choice between an immediate reward or a long-term arrangement where they would receive weekly pie and housing in exchange for helping to protect the town. The boys seemed to like the idea of having a home in this new world and took the second option. Those enterprising young lads know a thing or two. They also learned a few things about the slavers. Those wolf brothers had a long-standing agreement with the town. They were allowed to dock their ship and spend time at Hill Point so long as they didn't take slaves from town. Lately, though, girls had been going missing from the area, including Drovik's little sister Lila, but due to the loophole, they'd all been taken while outside of town. Drovik asked the party to rescue his little sis next time the slaver's ship was in port. Boys then retired to a local tavern and inn to wait for the keys of their new homes. The inn was run by another of these drow siblings, a woman named Elvaria, or Vari for short. For the record, she's just as good at innkeep even if she doesn't happen to have my set of skills. She provided them with food, drink, and a bit of conversation. They seemed to like her a bit more than they liked me, but I hold to the theory that it had more to do with her looks and her skill behind the bar. Can't blame them. Either way, that's where the story ended for the night. So yeah, nothing too exciting. Just three blokes sitting around talking, eating, playing cards while waiting for their keys, while their DM droned on with details no one cares about. Honestly, I was the best part of the entire episode, so this actually worked out better. I'm far more interested than those assholes. Basically, last time, y'all talked to Dravik. And he told you that if y'all want to work for the town, y'all can basically have free housing is what it boils down to. And y'all were waiting in the bar for Mal to get back and to bring your keys. So yes, y'all are sitting in the tavern. Ilvari, who, if you'll remember, is Zav's twin sister. And of course, they are brother and sister to Dravik, the mayor, runs the tavern. She'd gotten y'all some drinks, some food while you were waiting. But eventually, Mal will come back. He had gone to take the, the girls home, if you remember. But when he gets back, he will get word from Dravik and will proceed to come to the inn. This guy walks in. Y'all had seen him out on the road. He stands a little over six foot tall. He is red-skinned. He, he is a tiefling. And he's probably the first one that y'all have seen at least up close. You might have caught sight of one or two back when you were walking around Valinor. But this, this would be the first one that y'all have ever been real up close to. He would just walk over to the table where y'all are sitting and sit down like he belongs there. Russell kind of nod from over the top of his beer as he's taking a drink. and So, uh, you the fellow with the keys? I'm the fellow with the keys. Ready to see your new house? 
Yeah. Shit. Let's do it. All right. He will get up. And you would, you had noticed coming into town, of course, there was a stretch of houses. Y'all still have the Hill Point map. <laughs> there was a stretch of houses as you came up by the stables and, and whatnot. Um, really nice, large buildings and whatnot. And he will lead you down that way. And he'll hand each of you a key as you start to walk in. Um, he'll tell you straight up, say like, okay, so... I'm the local blacksmith. You need anything of that nature. Uh, there's a guy that does some carpentry down in the market square. If you need something of that nature. Well, hell. Now, uh, the important question is, you boys, you're going to help me get Lila back, right? Well, let's put it this way. You people just gave me a big enough home that I don't expect I'm ever going to fill it up. Frankly, I mean, I would have done it without the house. So, mister, well, I, I guess you don't know the phrase, but um, let's just say, yeah, I'll ride shotgun for you. Well, here's kind of the deal. Dravik's a good mayor, yeah? Good at building towns, good at managing people. But the boy can't fight. He leaves that to me and Zav. But Zav plays by the rules for the most part. Yeah. Me, I don't give a fuck. Whatever I gotta do to get that little girl home is what I'm gonna do. Always uh always explain to me that rules are the our uh, mutual agreed customs. If uh, we're going after men who are willing to steal little girls away from their home, I don't see where they're following any rules, and I don't see where we have to return any favor. I got a theory as to why they took her. Yeah? She was the first gone. And I think if we can get her off that ship and back home, the other girl's won't go up, go missing so easily. I'm sure, uh, what's your theory? Well, Dravik told you she's psychic? Mm-hmm. She draws pictures. But she draws pictures of things that ain't happened yet. Damn. I think she's getting visions of when and where these girls are gonna be. Hmm. And then the slavers are using that to grab them. Because until Lila went missing, we didn't ever have anybody go missing from around here. Well, I got a got a second really good theory about how to make sure they stop doing it. Kill them all? I was just going to say make sure they don't have eyes and hands, but if they die in the process, that'll be okay. I like you. I, uh, I don't exactly have a soft spot for those who harm women and children. People perfectly capable of defending themselves get themselves too deep in some shit, get hurt. That's their business. Mark's too stupid not to keep a hand on his coin. That's their business. People start punching down. I got a problem. What really bothers me about this is those slavers, they've spent time in town here before. Everybody knows Lila. They knew she's a little deaf girl. She'd never hear them coming. That's some dirty business right there. Yeah. 
now Tristan. Gone got himself missing too, trying to go after her, because that boy don't have any sense. Well, Hot was in the right place, I suppose. Yeah, but people are stupid when they're young and in love. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. It wouldn't take a million gold coin to do it again. Hell no. So, you boys get settled. I don't know if they told you for the most part. Most of the folks here are not from the farms. They just eat at the tavern at night. So, uh, we'll all be there tonight for dinner. If y'all care to join us. Sure enough. I got an idea I'm going to work on between now and then. Did, uh, did Russell say this out loud? Yeah. Okay, um... Uh, hearing that, Brigger's going to clap his hands and flex his mus- flex his fingers. What do you need, Russell? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, big guy, if uh, if we're going to be fighting against big odds, I'm sure me and Rick here are going to be thinking up all manner of devices, and you are definitely going to come in handy, and we're going to need to make sure you're outfitted as well. However, <laughs> this... That was a pun. <laughs> and, uh... However, we're, uh, this one I don't think I actually need any help with. I just need some uh, some paper and some time. I think I'm going take to a, take a page from this little missing girl's book and see if it's uh, just, just her or if it's all psychics who can uh, draw things that are meant to happen somewhere down the line. And pretty much what Russell's going to do when he has free time is he's going to begin imagining um, further evolutions down the chain of firearms. He doesn't have enough ranks in gunsmithing necessarily to design a gun, but I figured if he spends some time at it, maybe he can see what guns are going to look like on his world in about 10 or 15 years. Right. That is that is a good use for your psychic abilities. Rick, using a combination similar to his uh, crafting combo, can probably give you a little juice in that matter as well. Sweet. So yeah, um, in case anybody listening doesn't know, uh, as a part of giving Russell psychic magic, he gets the occult skill unlocks as well. Automatic writing FTW. Right? You get lots of them too. You get some Mm -hmm. fun ones to play with. So automatic writing is amazing now i should tell you in case you're interested in the future uh doing adira i found out there is a feat for the occult skills Hmm. that if you take it all of your occult uh unlock skills you get a a plus two bonus when making those rolls so something to keep in mind for the future Mm -hmm. and i figured being from the old west russell is a Russell has probably tried, perhaps not ever successfully, actually trying to douse for something. So that's going to be one he'll probably take to. At at that time period, there was a bit of interest in things like uh, the seances and the card readings and stuff as well. So even if you have no firsthand experience with it, you might have read about some of it in the newspaper. So what would everybody like to do to get settled into their new hometown? Rick's probably going to go about relatively quickly, probably doing some testing and figuring out his optimal crafting combination uh, for spells since since we're actually in time now. Uh, now. Should we make sure that Rick and Brigger's houses are adjoining so that you can like build <laughs> a door between them 
and he can just come over and massage you anytime. <laughs> uh, which one of us yeah. can collect the dimension door? Could, could I get my house adjoining with Elvara then? <laughs> <laughs> we'll put Brigard like in the in the middle house, and we'll just have little uh, little hallways built between the houses so he can run back and forth healing people as they need it. It's going to start taking walls down in these noble homes. <laughs> oh, nah, I'm, I'm looking at the floor plan and already deciding a couple of doors and whatnot that I'm going to prick over. <laughs> Aside from experimenting with his magic to uh, figure out that he can pull out really nice equipment basically out of thin air. Um, and y'all I, did remember to add your gold that Dravik gave y'all to y'all's sheets, right? Uh, that is a good question. That is the wrong... I have 1,650 gold. Yep, okay. Sounds like you added it then. But yeah, y'all have money for house shopping if you like. Um, so yeah, what, what Rick's going to look for is he's, he's gonna go look for books and I suppose bookshelves. Okay, well for bookshelves you'll need to uh, visit the carpenter. He'll probably actually have to build them for you. For books, you'll need to talk to uh, Zelka up at the general store to see what she's got or what she can get. If there's anything in particular you're looking for. Okay. A- anybody else got stuff? Books and bookshelves are going to be my top priority too. <laughs> uh, shelves, but uh, not for books. Uh, a thing Brigor did before uh, arriving on in on Dustress. Uh, he was a bit of a wood carver when he was during hunts when you know up in a blind don't you call it I'm, yes. Don isn't a hunter uh, <laughs> the, the little platform things when you're uh, you're stalking your prey those sort of things he would uh, whittle little things he's got uh, one of his prized possessions is a, a whistle he's made so uh, all the the weird and beautiful and strange things he's encountered he's gonna start in his downtime just whittling them into shapes and he didn't say a whole lot when Mal showed up. Mal is the tiefling, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, he didn't say a whole lot when Mal was speaking in the tavern because he was staring intently at his face and trying to figure out how he can uh, replicate those horns and just observing his uh, the bone structure and he's just fascinated by all the things he's seen. So he's very much looking forward to uh, trying his hand at creating little figures, maybe something a little more than just little figures. If he gets cooped up, he may start taking a look at those guardrails of the stairs and maybe uh, just whittling little designs and symbols into the uh, woodwork. All right. And I'll go ahead and let any of y'all who have knowledge religion, I'll let y'all roll because Mal does wear this amulet very prominently. Hmm. Ah, hey, is it? I'm good at it. I'm good at it. It's uh, 23 total. I got 13. All right. I don't have it. Okay. So yeah, the 13's not going to get, uh, but Russell, you, uh, you remember seeing this in one of the books you looked at, and this is a emblem of a demon lord. There we go. Uh, you don't know a whole lot about, like, it, it's not something you spend a lot of time reading, but you know the name Garyon? Mm-hmm. That gives you a little bit of information should you want to, uh, or, yeah, okay, Archdevil, that's right. I get my demons and devils mixed up. That gives you a little information if it's something you want to look into later. Yeah. 
I was definitely going to be one of the subjects in the library Russell's going to be trying to put together. And I oh, made yeah. that picture. <laughs> yeah, you made that Ooh. for me the first which, time I ran the campaign. Which picture? The, the picture of his amulet. Okay, oh, okay. I was like, you made that tiefling? What the hell? Oh, no. not, not on me. that fucking good. Okay. Like, <laughs> no, 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 this is still cool. I was just like, wait, what? That reminds me, O'Shawn, Master of Blender. Um, we yeah. may have to cut this part, but I have a project that in the near future we may need to talk about. Huzzah. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always happy to hear new projects. So yeah, uh, he does have two daggers that he wears on his hips that look like that. Pretty fucking sick daggers. Pretty fucking mm-hmm. sick daggers. Those hips do not lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, as far as what it's going to cost to outfit your houses and whatnot. Um, like I said, you've got furnishings on the, on the first two floors. Um, mm-hmm. so you're just going to do little things like bookshelves and whatnot. I'm not going to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're actually going to build like crafting stations, things that will give you pluses to doing certain things, that kind of thing, then we'll talk prices. Okay. Okay. Well, I was, I was looking for a library for that purpose. So, okay. And I know there is a page that has that kind of stuff. Uh, That's pretty much the plan for Russell's house is the first floor is pretty much going to look like very much so like he might be trying to turn it into a casino or a gambling den. <laughs> nice. But uh, the, the master bedroom will probably follow suit. But that second, the, some of the like that second bedroom right off the master is actually going to be converted into a study, like an honest-to-goodness library. There's a whole lot like Russell on the front-facing part, you know, party animal. In the back of his brain, he's really just a gigantic nerd. Awesome. I mean, spoilers. I mean, you know, because he wants to learn that reading and writing and arithmetic. <laughs> <laughs> this is a link to uh, the page where you can read about all different kinds of rooms and stuff that you can build. Sweet. Oh my god. Yeah. They they have uh, some pricing on them already. The one thing about these houses that uh, all of y'all would come to notice and some of y'all would be like, okay, this, this is cool. And some of y'all might be like, what the fuck? Is they basically have indoor plumbing. Sweet. Um, it does not work the way indoor plumbing from your world work. It's done through magical means, but you have cold and hot running water whole nine yards. That was probably something Russell hadn't seen since he was a teenager. So, Brigard, I promise you will not get sucked down the bathtub when you let the water out. <laughs> Damn it. You took my scene. <laughs> <laughs> going to be a whole arc of him being afraid to do it and uh, have to cast magic uh, to drain it as he walks away so he's not anywhere near it. (laughs) Russell's probably going to spend a good bit of time trying to figure out what the hell and then a good bit of time in an actual shower. Right? (laughs) Because I imagine people with ready access to magical plumbing figured that out and Russell had never seen that before in his life. So yes, this has this page has rooms. It has augmentations you can make to rooms. If you want to hire servants for your house, it has pricing for that. This it basically has you covered. Um, if I could ask a quick question just to get spacing. Um, yeah. The in the bottom left corner of the housing thing, we've got that mostly blank. I think that's the basement. 
Yes. The basement. The middlemost room, what are the dimensions of that, generally? Now, Sean, I did not even think to actually come up with actual dimensions. Well, I just mean, like, how many squares is it? That's exactly what she's saying, Sean. She didn't consider that. I I will... I will so play that game whenever I have time, but there's no way I'm going to do it. Be able to do it mid-game tonight. But right. um, oh, just I would assume most of the rooms are going to be about standard size. Like if you start with the bedrooms, they're going to be standard sizes for bedrooms. If that helps any. Generally, in RPG mapping, a door takes up a single square. Um, however, in real life, it's just under three feet. But like you know. I did. There, there is a reason I, I didn't actually go to class when I was supposed to take algebra. Hmm. I, um. Okay. So with with Brian's door thing, uh, I've come to the assumption that the middlemost room is about three by five squares, uh, or three by six squares. Yep, that's what I'm seeing too. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that informs me of all I need to know because I can extrapolate from there. Okay, that's good, because I'm just going to trust you know what the hell you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Ooh, we can make a black market. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spend a shit ton of money on books. Okay. Well, like I said, if you want to if you want to pay the cost for, like, a library, you'll get the bonuses for having an actual library whenever you look something up or study it. I don't think I can afford a proper full library, uh, just because that's... I think that's 10 book repositories. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not going to make you have like a city library if we're for a house like one repository is big enough. So one repository acts as a... As a home library. Okay. So like if you're researching something that's like really, really obscure, you're probably not going to find it in your home library. Okay. But for most things, it's going to be enough. All right. So then I'm going to get a home library and an, uh, a magical repository. Okay, you do that. That's going to be a little over uh, 1,100 gold for me, I think. I'm going to have to look at this. This is a whole new system for me. <laughs> oh, I, I I love this system. This is, oh, yeah. This is and you do system. not have to make all these decisions right now. Okay, cool. Because I'm like That's frantically like, like I haven't been saying much this this, this is, entire episode because I'm like like okay I can do that and like I'm going full on Skyrim homestead. <laughs> Most people don't get the key to their new house, walk in, and not sit down again until they've got it completely redone. So you know, I'll follow Russell's general outline because yeah, he may or may not turn the first floor into a gambling hall. I haven't decided. <laughs> right, that that'd be cool though because like. Gambling's not illegal here, so you know. It looked like the tab when I was in the tavern. It looked like they were set up for it because I don't want to step on toes. No. Okay. (laughs) Gonna get your. The basic gist of of the tavern is that as word was getting out about this new settlement that pretty much would accept all the unwanted people in society, Mm -hmm. they were having people come in and didn't always have a place for them to stay right away. So Avari just kind of took care of people until their place in society was found and they had their home and, and whatever. Awesome. 
Um, and so that's the general just that's one thing that you might find kind of odd about this town. Mm-hmm. At least Russell and Rick probably would uh, because you're both from very uh, societies that are very much about making making a dime where you can. Is that when people come in here, like they don't charge them to stay at the inn. You didn't get charged for drinks. You didn't get charged for food. They're going out of their way to make people feel welcome here. Whole damn town that's running like a gang. But like they 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 go out of their way to take care of them and make them feel welcome until they are set up in in a situation where they can make money for themselves. Which you you might figure is because a lot of these people come in absolutely with nothing because they are tiefling, they are drow, they are orc, whatever. They can't make a living out in, in the bigger society. So they take care of them until they get them established in whatever business is suited for them. I could see Russell taking part in that whole situation even. I think, I know both Russell and Rick have really high intelligence scores. I don't know what Brigard's intelligence score is. It's okay. You can you can assume. It's a 10. <laughs> <laughs> so Russell and Rick might, might assume that part of the reason they do this is is, is it helps build a loyalty to the town. I had nothing, they took care of me, they gave me everything, they put me in this business, I can make a living for myself now, I owe my life to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what Russell was, uh, it's a whole town ran like a gang. Yeah, pretty much. Especially back in the Old West, gangs were had a much more in, internal socialist bend, you know, ran a lot more like a commune than a modern day criminal organization on the inside. Right. So yeah, you you would be kind of familiar with how this works. Uh, Rick, you might be a little suspicious that, that uh, of this kind of setup given your background. He looked over that contract pretty closely, I think, before. So while he he's definitely like like understands what they're getting at, he also understands that there's not really anything they can do about it if he decides to leave. Right, uh, but he he will have an emergency exit sort of contingency just in case. So y'all are pretty much to, free to spend your day how you wish. I think uh, I'm trying to think of anything specific that may need to get played out. Rick, most of this day, Rick is probably going to be holed up in his new home, Drink. drawing plans and shit. I, yeah, drinking. <laughs> Oh, this is going to become a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Russell will probably stay holed up in his house, you know, working on plans and, you know, and that's, that's between attempts at learning automatic writing. So, right. So if you want to, to try some of that, um, I'm going to, even though you're not really trying to do the whole, uh, will or woe thing, uh, like the normal automatic writing you're trying to come up with gun design i'm still going to have you do the same role okay and then uh based off your results i will tell you what you fit what, what you see it was a uh a 24 okay You've never really experienced anything like this before. You sit down at a desk with your paper and you're almost going to like a meditative state. You lose a little chunk of time, but when you come back, there is a drawing on this paper. And Hmm. so uh, I'm going to send you a picture. 
you can take that and... Ooh. Yeah. You may not be exactly sure what that what that means. Um, but, of course, you know somebody from the future you can show it to and talk it over with. <laughs> For those at home... I was I was kind of aiming for Russell to get more familiar with slightly advanced revolvers or maybe lever action rifles, and uh, Tracy just showed me a picture of a semi-automatic handgun. All about that clip, baby. All about that clip. Why'd you only shoot him thirteen times with all the bullets I have? <laughs> I don't know how many bullets it takes to kill this monster, but I know how many he's gonna use. Right. <laughs> kind of stole that one from ron white now i've I've got to know brian uh does russell's gun have a name no um truth be told everyone he's ever known who named a gun was way more badass than him with hmm. one <laughs> so um he's uh he's not considered himself associated well enough with his gun yet to name her well he'll get there one day maybe oh yeah Cast some haste, get some gung fu. So, Brigger, is there anything you want to do today? Yes, uh, I've, 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 I've not just been slack jaw, just staring at uh, things. I think Brigger is over time going to want to turn his home into a bit of a museum, uh, going off uh, of cool. that thing. Just uh, through his adventures, he's going to. Uh, do we? Uh, let me. Let me. Restart. He's going to uh, start taking treasures, uh, trophies, uh, any animals he uh, is able to kill on hunts. He'd like to kind of, especially if he's if it's an animal he's not familiar with. And like if he comes across another mountain lion, um, he'd like to start taxidermy, tannery, just okay. showing another side because he hasn't run into people like him. So he'd kind of like to make this if he ever comes across someone from his home. He could uh, kind of keep that 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 dream alive, that that idea of that way of living. So he's going to have uh, you know pedestals with wood carvings of birds. Yeah, that's kind of the. And the you do know it. that you do know that taxidermy is a a craft skill that you can take and put ranks in. Yep, yep. I I didn't know uh, when we leveled last that uh this was on the horizon, <laughs> or I definitely would. <laughs> but I think now the next time we level up, like. Not he's not Brigger isn't settling down, but this is going to be a, a monument to his way of life. And but he's going to fill it with things that are foreign to him as well. Like uh, at some point, he'd like to, and, and as less creepy. Actually, Brigger doesn't have a sense of creepiness. Um, <laughs> when Brigger is able to, he'd like to sit down with some people and uh, carve them like they're French girls. <laughs> you know, just uh, like oh, maybe right. sit down with Mal at one point. Maybe not necessarily uh, lewd artwork, but just, you know, really get a look of Mal's face and, you know, make sure he's doing a it proper justice and not like a serial killer, but have him display like the different races he runs into. He would love to shape a dwarf and just see what he could do with uh, that. So as far as supplies, I'm going to, Brigger's going to start to need some soft wood, some supplies such as that and I'm gonna and I've been kind of like I kind of I went and blew this picture of the floor plan up but when I go to print it it's still like minuscule so I'd like to blow it up on GIMP and print it out so I could kind of plot it out that way I didn't even consider all those things that you posted in that that downtime page if I had had that two weeks ago 
oh my god i'd have such a picture for you guys but uh <laughs> i'm definitely going to be uh working on this maybe a little bit of a menagerie too cool oh, nice yeah just bring a little culture to the to help come us. on kids brigard's got a zoo in his backyard so yeah that's what uh brigard's going to be doing as far as uh the standard furnishings he's going to leave them for now but over time he's going to start he plans to anyway i guess i should say plan to move things to his style as he discovers a true style and you know maybe he's gonna want to take down a bear to have the rug sort of thing so i think uh brigard's outlook on the next uh adventure or whatever is certainly save these uh save this town and save this girl but also like oh you know he's gonna have to start harvesting again he's gonna be another hunter gatherer but instead of for survival for quote unquote and you did meet travis so you do know some here in town that can help you understand best spots to look for certain animals and things mm-hmm. of that nature when you get ready to hunt them. Yep. And and he's also going to just be amazed every time he gets to use the has to use the facilities that he doesn't have to go outside with a spade anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like anytime he's like, oh I have to use the restroom instead of like I'll be back like I'll be back. Like like Brigard now wants to make water all the time just so he can use the indoor plumbing. Yep. Uh, well, I think it was Tiny Toons. Uh, Ducky go down the hole. <laughs> you guys remember Tiny Blue Toons? Blue ball go down the hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's, he is endlessly fascinated by that. But uh, yeah, he's uh, not an artist or a writer by any means, but he's kind of getting the lay of his, of his home and trying to envision what he can put where to make it uh, homier because frankly, the... Uh, the, the furnishings are nice. I'm sure he's very comfortable sitting in those nice chairs and laying in beds, but he also wants to put a little bit of himself into this thing. Right. It's all very foreign to him. Yes. Yep. Silverware. <laughs> curtains. Nah, curtains probably not. Brigard is fun. He is very fun. So Brigard's going to be trying to figure out all this modern living if y'all need any back rubs. Yep. <laughs> self by Brigard massage table. <laughs> oh, maybe he could craft that out of wood. He can make the first, the uh, Dustress's first massage chair. <laughs> Sometime, probably in the afternoon, after having gotten everything he needs to have his uh, his repositories made, he he will Rick will seek out Brigard so that he can start charging items with his. You find him staring at the toilet. Yep. Uh, Brigard. Yes, Rick. Why are you staring at the toilet? I I do my business and it just goes away. Yeah, it flushes. Yes, we use the leavings as a form of fertilizer for the crop back home, but this I just it just goes nowhere. Where does it go, do you think? Uh I imagine a septic tank. Doesn't it just go to waste sitting in a hole in the ground? No, not really considering how many problems there are with using human excrement for that. I've never had a problem with using excrement. Well, you're lucky. I don't suppose you've ever had cholera. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I thought you were going to say dysentery. (laughs) (laughs) No, that, that question is reserved for Russell. <laughs> yeah, that one played oh, my right. time. We've all played Oregon Trail. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I guess if this is the way of the world, I I'll adhere to it. But 
it just seems a, a waste to just throw things away that have perfectly good uses. It, it'll be all right, big guy. There's better ways to fertilize the dirt. You need compost instead. Is uh, Rick's last name Monsanto? I'm just checking. No. Okay. <laughs> Brian got it. Actually, a long ass time ago, I sent Tracy his last name, which he still hasn't revealed. It, it's not Monsanto. Okay. Do you, I'm not trying to be uh, an asshole, but do you know who Monsanto is? Uh, isn't it the big, the people that were getting a fit thrown about GMOs or something? Yeah. Yeah. They're the, yeah, the, yes. Okay, cool. No, I just want to make sure that I wasn't just making weird ass references to shit that no one knew about. He's not Rick Monsanto. He just does corporate espionage for them. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> all, all these theories and not close enough. <laughs> So, uh, hey, hey, Brigard. Rick. I need your, uh, I need your help. Okay, Rick. What, where do, where do I need to rub? (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, normal places, I guess. And he's going to start with a little, like, karate chopping across the shoulder blades. And then uh, move into a deep need right into the shoulder blades and underneath. Hold on, hold, hold on. Let's let's go back here first. I'll lead, uh, I'll lead Brigard back to my place and take him down in the basement. Are you gonna leave me by hand? Uh-oh. How far are we going with this this scene? Do you have candy? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Brigard. I I've got some nice candied squirrel. Fuck, that sounds good. <laughs> uh. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, uh, now I lead him to the basement where my arcane reliquary is. Which, just for flavor, I am... Are I am you about to sacrifice Brigger to your gods? No, I, I don't I don't have those rooms yet. Okay. Uh, yet! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those, those will cost me more money than I have. Um, but not as much as Brigger has. Boom! Probably not. So yeah, I'll just go ahead and sacrifice him to the dark gods right quick so I can have his money. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, he's going to go about charging items uh, so that he can do his crafting the day after. Okay. Uh, do you need us to... Are, are you going to list what you're making or is this just kind of mundane stuff? Oh, uh, this was the stuff we did last week. I'll go ahead and for the listeners uh, explain what exactly I'm doing, mm-hmm. uh, which is... So what I'm doing is I'm charging several items based on how long they last with uh, the spells Crafter's Fortune, Bestow Insight, Heroism, Visualization of the Mind, Guidance, uh, or well, actually, I'll just be getting guidance from uh, Brigard, but, uh, and Fox's Cunning to absolutely top out my spellcasting ability. I am casting... I oh, know I don't have to reach into the fifth level for any of those. So... Uh, Uh, I'm charging those so that I will have a high enough craft skill that when I cast Create Armament, I'm able to make very high-quality weapons and armor and also a grappling hook. Basically, ultimately, they give me a combined total of plus 17 on top of whatever skill I have. And I will be using this to aid with the party's equipment development over the next couple of days mm-hmm. and like we can go over equipment i guess later if we want to if, if y'all are cool with that 
Yeah, I will probably have you sit down and just record a list of every fucking thing you crafted to tack on the end of one of these things because you crafted a bunch of stuff and that will probably be better than taking up a bunch of time. So, y'all spend the day mostly doodling around your houses. Are y'all going to the tavern for dinner? Or Russell are staying at the houses? Yeah. What, what Was that yeah for the tavern or home, Rick? Oh, I mean, at, at the end of the night, probably, uh, probably going to the tavern he okay he didn't think about going to get other shit mm-hmm. or like food and whatnot okay so are y'all going as a group or y'all going at different times what's going on i'll go with my friends definitely yeah sure well russell you might need to go to rick's basement and rescue <laughs> rescue side Rigger. quest yeah i just have a pile of meticulously labeled pebbles <laughs> What the hell? He, he has been abducted and taken to the basement. Yeah, eventually, yeah, Russell will come looking and eventually find his way down to Rick's basement. Don't don't ask how he got through the door. <laughs> and through the bookshelf that's blocking the door to the basement. <laughs> hmm. Fireball. <laughs> at at 3d6, fireball is not worth the 30 <laughs> hit points. <laughs> not just yet. Like at this point, probably finishing up with with the items. Just done, done with that. So, y'all will go to the tavern, uh, and it is rather crowded compared to being basically empty last time you were there. Um, you will see Maldrick, Mal, um, Zav, and another gentleman you have not met yet, uh, sitting together at a table as well as a bunch of other people around. If there is someone in particular you want to talk to, or if you just want to go join Mal and Zav because you've met them already. Uh, yeah, for now, yeah, I think uh, Brigger would like the uh, the comfort of a friendly, uh, familiar face. Okay. Yes. I think that's where Russell will start. All right. Rick is after food. Well, yeah, you're going to get food. Uh, once once you get sit down, Ivari will bring over plates and drinks for everybody. When y'all go sit down, y'all can do sense motive checks if you want to kind of size up how these three fit together. Yes. I've had better rolls. Oh. That's a six for Brigard. Okay. Okay, so it was a six for Brigard. What'd you get, Sean? Thirteen. Thirteen. And I got a... Russell was too self-absorbed thinking of ideas, so... Brian doesn't deserve to roll. He was bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing Russell and Brigard don't really pick up on any of this. Uh, but Rick, mm-hmm. definitely getting the vibe. Uh, Malinzov, like, got that best buddies kind of thing going on, you know? Mm-hmm. The gentleman that's sitting w- with them. You get a very distinct feeling he is not a fan of Mal. Okay. As y'all approach, Mal will just wave y'all over. Hey, come on, come sit down. Meet the crew. Russell will head over, making sure to wave hello to Ilvara along the way. Always let the tavern owner know you're there. Well, Vari don't miss much. <laughs> so y'all met Zav. He uh he took y'all to see Dravik. This this fine gentleman over here. This is Gavin. Russell plopped down at the seat. 
at a seat at the table and be like, well, gentlemen, good evening. And like, Gavin will kind of sit up and, and hold out a hand. He's dressed more formally than anybody else you've really seen around here. Nice suit, really high quality stuff. You know, he will hold out a hand to you to shake your hand. Russell will return that favor. Gavin Vance, I'm in charge of the Merchant's Guild. Ah, well, excellent. You and I, sir, might be doing a bit of business here in a bit. Always looking for new business. We don't happen to be anywhere where people are going to find a gambling hall offensive, are we? No. There's some underground stuff in some of the bigger cities, as well as just tavern games, but as far as organized play, no. Well, I'll be up front. I, um, I don't plan on doing anything untoward. It's always been my experience, at least personally, that people need a good place to cut loose. And while Navarra has a mighty fine establishment here, I just doesn't seem to quite have that vibe. So. Well, if you set something up, we could definitely do some marketing to see about getting a tourist trade in here. Excellent. He'll reach over to shake each of your hands, too, Rigard and Rick. What's up? Uh, disguise and birds. I, I don't know. Don't spend a lot of time up there. <laughs> Rick just sits down and starts eating. So, liking the housing and getting settled in well? Yeah. I mean, truth be told, I'm, I'm having a bit of a time figuring out what I'm going to do with that much house. It is, it is a big place. There was a time, but beyond that, hell, it's a it's been a while since I've lived anywhere longer than a uh, a tavern room or a horseback. Well, Hill Point's not a bad place to be. Some of the people look a little unusual, but we're not we're not too bad of folk. Variety is the spice of life. Be honest, I don't know. Uh, other than we uh we spent our time down there at the fort, you know, after arriving and whatnot. Heck, I don't think we've ever really stayed one place more than a night or two. I mean, I tried to get us to stay at one place, but Rick just insisted on moving on. Uh, Russell, that's not entirely accurate. We did spend two weeks on a ship. Was it two weeks? It was four days. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. Felt, felt a lot longer. And at no point was that ship in the same place. Well, that depends on the rotation of the planet and if it's even rotating. The whole time this is happening, Russell is just doing the hand-talking thing. Chalko <laughs> across with Karina. Yes. Like while while uh, while Russell is doing his hand-talking thing, just like in the middle of talking, uh, Rick casts prestidigitation and conjures a small plastic spider on his uh, on his hand. <laughs> Here we go. And so the, the prestidigitation war start again. <laughs> so which Rick is going to reply by having the spider begin to crawl Great. across his hand? Uh, ah, no, shit. no, it's it's just made out of plastic. It's it's I know, I know. Like I, I'm I'm responding with my own prestidigitation. Thank you very much. Oh <laughs> okay. Sean's playing an SO. <laughs> Well, no, at, like you said, Rick, and then I was like, "Drink," but then I thought you were talking about something I was doing, and I was like, "Wait, what? Uh, no, 
Uh, my confusion. Russell is going to have the spider begin to crawl across his own hand, jump across to Rick, and light on illusionary fire. <laughs> and he's he's not even breaking the hand-talking movement or his concentration on everyone else. Rick, Rick takes it, shoves it in his mouth, and dismisses <laughs> its existence. I, I think Mal and Zav would both be laughing hysterically at all this. Brigard, what are you doing with all this going on? Uh, now I feel like Brigard is used to this kind of uh, playful banter. Uh, it, it, it goes a bit beyond uh, his comfortable level, so he usually stays out of it, but he just his eyes did dart up when he saw a fire. Not so much a spider, because spiders are everywhere in Brigard's uh, previous life, but uh Seeing that it was plastic, he does go to kind of touch it and just doesn't like the feel of it and just flicks it away from him. So uh, after after a minute, Zoff will lean forward and be like, uh, if you boys are through playing, oh. <laughs> I found out something. Went out to talk to those, those three girls you rescued. Mm-hmm. Don't know for sure. Hadn't been able to, to really confirm with any of the others that are still missing. But at least those three, all of them took a little trip. Went to visit some kind of wishing well. Because they, they thought it hmm. would help them get married or some shit. Oh, yeah. Two days before they were taken. Were they taken at the same time? No, they were not. Two of them were out together when they were taken. One of them was not. That kind of pattern seems like too much of a coincidence to actually be a coincidence, if you ask me. Don't know. Is this wishing well known for granting wishes? Uh, well, we didn't know there was a wishing well, so certainly not known. Did they say where it was? Yeah, uh... I'll pull out a map. Um, it's, uh, supposed to be... Slightly uh, northwest of town. Rick will work with them to find the best sort of place to put X on the map. If you look at the map I've given you, you'll notice northwest of town. There is a triangle with a dot in the middle of it. I thought if you boys weren't too busy, maybe tomorrow or something, y'all could go check it out. Seems like a fair plan. What sort of creatures roam that area? A lot of deer out there. Sometimes a hog. Nothing much. The area is known, but this wishing well is a new curiosity. Like, I wouldn't say it's necessarily new or nothing. I don't know. I've been out there. I'm just saying that, that it's not like there's a history of people going, oh, there's this well, and if we go there, you know. So I don't know where this notion came from. These, these kind of things tend to be old rumors, not new rumors. Right. That that's the thing that gets me, you know. If you if you grow up in a place, the place usually has some lore around it, and you're used to that. But like, never heard of this before. So like, the well could have been there a hundred years. I don't know, but this this belief that if these girls go out there and make wishes, it's gonna make shit happen. That is something totally new. Well, I think Polly, it's a little dark to go check it out now. Yeah, that's the reason I said tomorrow. Do have this for you as well. And he'll slide a piece of paper over. Check it out. Yeah. It is a list 
of the girls, at least the girls that they know, have gone missing. The three that that y'all recovered are on the list as well, but I've noted them separately on the list for y'all. Um, and it does not include his little sister, um, which y'all know she is missing too, but this is a list of the farm girls from the area that have gone missing. Damn. Is there anything connecting all of these girls? Are they all human? Yeah, uh, most of the farmers around here are... Uh, I don't know how much y'all got told about Hill Point and whatnot, but this is this is all there always been good farmland. It's just uh there weren't a whole lot of families come settle out here because there wasn't a good way for them to move product to and from other cities because there was no city, there was no docks, there was no nothing. So when we established Hill Point and made a city around it and basically put it on a trade route. But the farming families, they've been here, a lot of them, for generations. All these girls come from the, the outlying farms outside the city. All of them range from about 13 to maybe 17, 18 years old. Hmm. Russell, what if we went up to them at night and got the jump on them while they were sleeping? It's not far from this town. We might be able to catch them unawares under cover of dark. Well, that's that's if they're actually out there. They go to this well and they disappear two days later. Yeah, the the three y'all brought back, they they weren't taken from the well. It's just they all visited it beforehand. The well tells them a place to go and the time to be there. If I had to bet. And they all disappear from the same point where they get delivered. So what we're going to need to do is go out to this well and somehow encourage the same information out of it. My only concern is, is when three strapping gentlemen, armed and armored, go walking out there, it may have a slightly different response. Well, I thought about that. You'll seem kind of hold his hand up and wave a couple of fingers over. And a woman sitting over by the bar will stand up, walk your direction. She is an elven woman. Um, and she does have this tattoo on her arm that looks almost, Rick, to you, it looks almost like a circuit board. Um, Rick wouldn't find her clothes all that strange, uh, but you other two probably would. She does, she does wear a basically razorback uh, tank top and a pair of jeans and some leather boots. And uh, did I hear you right? The, uh, the tattoo looks like a circuit? Looks almost like a circuit board. Okay. You can kind of see it on her arm there. Gotcha. Um, but when Bob waves her over, she'll get up and come over and uh, take a seat at the table. And Zav is like, this is one of our city guards, Darlena. Ah, Darlena, we've heard of you. How do you do, miss? Don't we have a book to give to her? You have two books to oh, give to her. Oh, shit. Yeah, two we do. Two books to give to her. We come bearing gifts. <laughs> I like gifts. Yeah, Russell dig through his bag. Produce the two books. I think, did I have them or did you have them, Rick? Uh, I copied one of them and then passed them on to you, I think. Okay. So she'll take the books and kind of skim over them. She'll be like, ah, this is the, the stuff I was waiting on from Karina. She sends her regards. 
So I suppose I owe you some money? Out of character, I've completely forgotten. Did we get paid up front, guys? We got paid up front for the house and that money. I don't think we got... I need to take uh, more complete notes. because. Yeah, I do too. Karina did give y'all some money. Oh, well, in that case, no. Russell w- shakes his head. No, no, we've a... Uh, Karina treated us right for making sure it got to you. All right. I mean, if you're feeling especially generous, I suppose you can buy the next round. Uh, well, the drinks are free, so... Well, buy the next two, then. <laughs> Fair enough. But, yeah, Zav will be like, so... I fi- figured if you need a girl, she's passable. That might be the biggest understatement I've ever heard since I came to Dustress, but fair enough. Rick's kind of just like drooling a little. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, now, Zob, y'all can make perception checks. Uh, what is it? 19 plus. I got a 25. And that 20 plus 6 for a 26. Okay, yeah, beat me with a not natural twenty, and uh, Brigard is a uh, is is a uh, looking at um, Darlena and uh, tr- everything I say makes it sound creepy, but Brigard doesn't have this sense of creepiness about him. He's he's wondering exactly how best to shape that ear on a, on the on the elven <laughs> bust he wants to create. But yeah, y'all all did well enough on their perception checks. It's like, Zav told y'all she's one of the town guards. She doesn't have a weapon on her. Well, we're, we're industrious. The land where everyone does magic. She She's pretty ripped, though, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's definitely strong. She'll just kind of look over at y'all and be like, and what do y'all need a girl for? Since evidently I can pass this one. Oh, uh, can I sense motive that? I want to know if there's some yeah. sexual tension there. Same here. Okay, so- 20 not natural again. Nice. 23. Way different modifier. So yeah, uh, basically like when she says it, Zav just laughs. Uh, you kind of get that maybe there's a joke there. there there's there's some kind of underlying joke there that you're not in on. That's just Brigger to a T, so okay, he'll just uh, nod. <laughs> but yeah, her question still stands. What do you want her for? <laughs> I think with the way this conversation has been going, bait Okay. What, what am I trying to trying to lure? Russell. Rick. Oh, shit. Yeah, Russell. I'm going to go ahead and drink. I even almost caught it. Well, you had it right. Then you did it wrong. Russell kind of look over towards, uh, towards Rick and be like, well, this one here is the brains of the operation. So you tell us, Russell, what we doing? <laughs> You're Russell. Shit, now I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is gonna be a, a uh, the the penalty is only going to make this happen more often. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the, the 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 people to drink, not for you to drink. Oh I, I, I've been I've been playing wrong all night. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned I had it stacked up. Beer, soda, beer, soda, beer. Yeah. Yeah. Now in front of the table is just soda, soda, and I've just kept going back to the fridge for more beers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, fuck. Uh, well, 
not entirely sure, but something that's either is or is tipping off uh, uh, slavers on when and or where to pick up girls off the coastline and or leading them there, making them go. We're not entirely sure, but whatever is happening, it seems to be targeting women. So we're going out there and don't know what we're looking for? Pretty much. There's the well, but uh, damned if I know how that's working. Once again, points towards Rick. We have about as much information as you do at this point. All right. At this point, Russell's just drinking deeply from his beer and wishing that Rick would just look in the chat for the gif he's posting. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, like, I think this will probably work well. You look like you can take care of yourself, even if things start going south. Oh, yeah. I'm just kind of wondering exactly what's going on. Rick, the well is to the northwest. We won't be going south until we return. It's a it's a figure of speech, Bird. Just like almost everything else you don't get. And, like, she'll kind of look over at Brigard kind of side-eyed and just kind of, like, reach up and pat him on the head. And turn back around. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, what's up with the cyberpunk ink? The what? <laughs> he points at the tattoo on her arm. Oh, it's a tattoo. Oh, man, I just realized Rick missed Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> <laughs> the way it sounds... know about Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it sounds like Rick lives in Cyberpunk 2077. You got tattoos where you come from? Yeah, we've got tattoos. I was just inquiring about the aesthetic. Oh, that. It uh, it kind of marks, like, my place in, like, society where I was born, that kind of shit. He squints at it a little harder. Does it kind of, like, look like a stretched-out QR code? Kind of. Rick pulls out his cell phone, like, takes a picture of it, like, she'll kind of laugh and hold her hand out and be like, let me see that. He's very apprehensive about that. He's just like, uh, thanks about it and like, hands it over. Oh my god, over. boy, do I look like an idiot? No, he'll, he'll hand it over. He's just like, don't smash it. That is his baby, as far as I can tell. I don't know when humans started having those instead of kids, but... He just well. like, soft punches. Uh... Triggered, or not triggered. Fine example, uh, <laughs> Russell. How dare you? Pretty fine example of ancient technology. I've never seen one that actually works. So, I take it you're a little past cyberpunk, then. Yeah, I still don't know what that is, but I'm gonna assume yes. High tech body mods, uh, dystopian future. Well, I guess it wouldn't be future for you necessarily. Uh, Body mods, lower class, look down on. Uh, modders look down on. Cybernetics, neuro-cyber inlays, uh, integration, things like that. Those kind of things I know about, the, the integration and stuff. So, like, anyway, I guess I'll meet y'all here tomorrow. Like, we'll take care of this after breakfast. Yeah. Do you require any sort of weapon assistance? I see you go unarmed. Is that just because you feel safe in Hillpoint? Like, the moment you say that, 
Mal and Zav both bust out laughing. And uh, Gavin will kind of lean over the table to you and he'll be like, she doesn't need any weapons, honey. She can kick all our asses at the same time. Brigard will sit back and just eyes wide. I see. Okay. <laughs> Never mind then. For, uh, forgive my impudence. He wouldn't say impudence. You could learn that word. We've been yeah, here. Yeah, probably. I probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's my impotence. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, that's it. I'm pretty sure Brigger's not impotent. I'm pretty sure Brigger's doing a okay, Doctor Jones. <laughs> but yeah, Mal, Mal will kind of look at her and wink and be like, "She's kicked my ass more than once already," and she just shakes her head at him as she walks away from the table. Rick just mumbles under his breath, and I guess she's walking away. It's like, I wish she'd kick my ass. <laughs> Remember the fact that she's an elf. I'm going to give her about four or five more good steps towards a crowd of people before I go, Well, kid, next time I try to tell you to take the lead, take the lead. <laughs> <laughs> I took the lead. <sighs> Mouse is like, Oh, boys. She's been here five years now, and ain't nobody won that game. I will tell you, though, if you try to touch her without her permission, she will stomp you. Well, duh, that's, I mean, that's the kind of thing that ought to get you killed. And, and, and Zob's just like, she also takes offense to you, you know, well, to Mal, anyway, turning into a house cat, you know, to be in her house and see her naked. And he just kind of shrugs. He's like, it worked. <laughs> it's just like, huh. Yeah, no, 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 Russell's not making that joke. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Uh, this is, so Rick, Rick's going to finish his food. Okay. That's probably the best thing to do if you want to stay out of trouble is just shut your mouth and eat. Rick is then going to leave the inn. You going back to your house for some reason, or? Uh, yeah. Given that we're going to be setting out early, he's going, he's going to go ahead and and uh, start making everybody's items tonight. Okay. So, what are the other two doing? I think uh, <laughs> I'm trying to. Russell's definitely going to stick around. We got to get in that required one hour of one hour of hedonism. Well, the booze is free, so that helps. You can surely strike up a card game or whatnot as well if you would like. I, I was more thinking a conversation with the NPC you have labeled as Cat. Okay, you can definitely <laughs> go talk to Cat. Oh, is it the bingo card time? <laughs> He's, 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 he's working on it. Yeah, you can definitely go talk to Kat, which... Uh, Does she have the accent in this version? Yeah, she, well, she's not got it on her, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Russell is not going to go in blind now. He's going to, go, he's going to kind of lean over towards Zav and motion towards the cute blonde across the way and be like, so, uh, who's that? <laughs> That's Cap. She's a she's a tiefling. If you can't tell from the little horns, that's not makeup around her eye. That's that's her skin. Fair enough. I guess she's what you call a performing artist. 
performing artist. Mm -hmm. That's all you're going to give me, isn't it? Well, she plays what she calls music. Uh, some of us tend to disagree as to whether it's actually music or not. Ah. And if it's too loud, you're too old. It's got to be better than some of the stuff I've heard before. And with that, he'll get up, kind of raise his glass towards everyone at the table and walk across the room. Okay. Um, she would she would be sitting up at the bar, probably chit-chatting with Vari. Yeah, he'll kind of walk over, sit down, sit down right right next to her at the bar, sit down the empty empty glass. Hello, Avari. Wow, that's the wrong accent. Where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> I I just can't say hello in this <laughs> Howdy. Howdy, Avari. There you go. That's why people say howdy. Yep. <laughs> the two L's fuck them up every time, yes. so that's why they gotta say howdy. Hey, sugar, what can I get you? Um, I don't know. Maybe a two of whatever this lady here is having. <laughs> She's like, shrugs her shoulders, is like, okay. And uh, she pours uh, two drinks. Uh, I meant one for her and one for me. I'm, I'm a lush, not a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a difference. And she'll she'll set the two glasses on the bar, and like a uh, cat's cat's just kind of looking at you, and she's like, "You're not here just because like I'm famous, are you?" Be perfectly honest, sweetie. I have no idea who you are. I am one of what they call a traveler. Haven't been here long enough to know who's famous and who's not. Ah, well, I'm famous. Hmm. Well, good to meet you, famous. My name is Russell. <laughs> My name's Cat. Cat Merwin. <laughs> For the record, I'm not laughing at my own horrible joke. I'm laughing at the fact that Sean broke. I'm hungry. I'm dead. I'm muting myself again. <laughs> I don't think it really does much. No, because you laugh so loud you can hear him through my mic yep. when he just yep. freaks out like that. Huh. Yeah, she'll say she'll say uh, cat mirror one. Well met, cat. So I've been in Hilltop for all of not even a day yet. And uh, if I've already met one famous person, but beyond that, it's really been nothing but a bunch of work. So what do people do to unwind around here? Well, I guess it depends on the people. Okay. For example, you take Zav over there. You see the little fancy dressed man. Well, I guess he ain't too little, but sitting next to him. Mm-hmm. Gavin, that's correct? Gavin. Yeah, that's his boyfriend. Yeah, well, good for And him. Mal is Zob's best friend, but Mal, uh, but Gavin and Mal don't like each other. So uh. there's a there's a whole little you know, I want to kill him, but I can't because Zob loves him thing going on there. Yeah. Then you got Zob himself, and Zob is. So fucking brainwashed, and Avari will just roll her, roll her eyes. But he's like, 
He will do what Avari says. He will do what his little sister says. He will take orders from Darlena. But he's the captain of the guard. I, I was reading the thing, though, and he'll, he'll look towards Avari, and, and no offense meant by it, but isn't that the way things are ran where you're from? It is. But uh, I think we were all kind of hoping that, you know, Zav would grow out of it, maybe? Yeah. I know. People get used to a thing. They see it as normal. I mean, True. he seems but, to be happy you know, enough. It, well, he is, but, you know, like, Dravik made him, you know, the head of the guard. He's supposed to be in charge of that ship. And he comes and asks me, or he goes and asks Darlena what he should do. That's just so, a confidence thing. Some of the locals like to talk about it. And she'll just kind of eye cat a little bit. Note to self, my, I open up my gambling hall. I need to bribe Avari here, not Zav. Duly noted. That, that's the way to, way to go. Dang, normally I like to do that with expensive alcohol, but all the drinks are free. And then uh, she'll point, point over to a lady that's uh, just sitting at the table talking to some of the farmers and stuff. Very scantily clad. And she'll say, uh, that there's Raylene. Some people do her for entertainment. Wait, wait, could you repeat that? Some people what? Do her for entertainment. Okay, that's what I thought I heard. <laughs> no, business is business. Good for them. Uh, she's one of those, um, what you call them, holy prostitute things. Ah! Not that too many people that go to see her are much worried about worshipping, but, you know. That's okay. Where I'm current, most of the people that go to churches go there to socialize, not to actually worship. Maybe that's why it never seemed like a weird idea to me. Fair enough. But what about you, Cat? I play music. Play music? Well. Yeah, but uh, Dravik's kind of kind of put a, a limit on when I can play. Well, hell. Does that limit apply to a private residence? Uh, the problem is when I play, everybody can hear it. Like, all over fucking town. So, like, I'm not allowed to play past times when people would normally be sleeping. Because I'll keep everybody awake. Ah. Shit. Zone of Silence is not a freaking psychic spell. What if you had uh, Oil of Silence? Um, I think without uh, doing some messing with the magic... Uh... It would just make it quiet. Could Russell, as a as a psychic who can cast the silence spell as a level two spell, would it be possible to work that spell into zone of silence ish, maybe on a smaller radius? Um, I would say like if you were like like say you were in a, a room, a closed in room. And you, you put the silent spell, like, say, from the four walls out, maybe the ceiling up, whatnot, then the sound would travel, but when it would hit those, it, that, that would kind of kill the sound. You you can also come ask uh, Rick to cast it, because he's capable of casting it. Uh, Russell's got this one, but... Uh, <laughs> he's a, but yeah, he's like, well, hell, we're, we're industrious. I can take care of that. Sure, I'll play. Give me just a minute. I'm gonna be. I want to talk to a buddy of mine for a few minutes. 
Oh, Brinker! Right. <laughs> I've got to. I, I, I got to go home and, and get the axe anyhow. Fair enough. Meet you back here in a few. All right. So she'll hop out and run out. And uh, Ivari will speak up and just kind of make a general announcement to the bar and be like, yeah, I think Cat's fixing to play. Anybody who doesn't want to hear it probably ought to go. Well, we could just pour it off half the bar or something. Ivari's like, it, it, it's no problem. It's just there are some people that don't particularly like her style of music. Oh, well, I will assure that the music does not leave the walls of this building then. You you, you can try. I'm going to get, I'm going to walk over towards Brigid and be like, Brigid, I need a little bit of a back rub. Let me just make sure I get this right. Are you about to use Brigid as a fluffer? Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Um, Brigard will uh, will oblige. He hasn't had to rub anyone's shoulders all day, so yeah, his uh, hands will crack. All right. Stretch out, and yep, yeah, he will attend to his friend. <laughs> so his friend can to attend to another friend. <laughs> Yeah. Russell's just going to take a handful of silver coins and preload the silent spell so he can cast it on walls. Okay. Were you going to chuck them from the bed? <laughs> First of all, she's playing here in the bar. So yeah, uh, she will come back with what is an electric guitar, though you wouldn't know what an electric guitar was, uh, in hand. Uh, there's a picture there. This is what you would see her carrying as she came back in. Whoa. Russell kind of stops and looks and goes, it's, it's kind of like a guitar. It basically is. <laughs> and so we definitely need all this silencing. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. And yeah, Russell will go about setting, you know, using four of the coins to, Silence the the walls of the tavern. Making sure to keep the coins in pocket. He's just going to walk around and start free casting spells. Alright. Bam, bam, so, bam, bam. You do see a, a few people get up and leave. Not, not everybody, but there are a few. You get these spells cast and like she goes to stand against one of these walls and you see most of the people are backing away, putting as much distance between her and themselves <laughs> as much as they can in this place. And she will start playing. And this is unlike anything you've ever heard. Um, Rick, you're at home, yes? Yes. You start hearing basically death metal guitar. What the fuck? I checked my phone. I, I it's cast. not your phone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, the shit. Axe. The axe doesn't care. The axe doesn't care. <laughs> nice. So oh, this whole town is filled with the sound of these riffs. And then these ghostly aspir uh, uh, apparitions start appearing around her, playing things like, the drums, the bass, the, you know, just 
Not that your character knows what these things are, but there's like a full metal band, vocalist, everything around her. Sweet. And they all seem to to come out of and take of the axe and take form around her. But the, yeah, this is like the loudest thing you have probably ever heard. And so I'm about to post a picture here in chat, just so you guys know what happened. I rolled, I figured Russell meeting heavy metal is going to be roughly a percentile roll. Because really a lot of Old West music, especially what was played in bars and stuff, was just music as loud as they could get it. So I figured loud isn't necessarily going to be a deterrent. So I did a random percentage roll on how he takes the metal. And uh, that was my result. <laughs> For those listening, it's a 92. <laughs> Rick comes out of his house and just like, what the fuck? Tries to find the source of the yeah, sound. You, he's got it. Follow. He's got his new bow and shit out and everything. You can follow the sound back to the tavern. Do you guys uh, remember the first Back to the Future movie when uh, Marty sneaks into his dad's house in 1955 and puts headphones on him and then starts playing really loud music from his Walkman? Mm -hmm. And George McFly's reaction? That's Brigard right now. (laughs) Just like the gun, the gun was bad. The gun, the gun got him. The gun got him good. Good job, Russell. Yay. This, it's, it's all around him. All, it's piercing into it. I guess you'd be to roll a will save. Uh, that is. Or is there another effect going on? Because this is uh, unless there's like something magical that's doing anything otherwise. Uh, Brigard is in agony, writhing on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's completely. It's completely up to you how your character reacts to this. Yes. Yes. That's how so. he is. Just. Just in agony. <clears throat> and like, uh, wait, wait. And that happens, uh, Gavin will get up and basically get triggered up and carry him outside. Strong. You, you can still hear it. I mean, this is loud shit. You can still hear it, but he's going to try to move you away from from the uh, source of it. Does Rick see Gavin taking him yeah, out so of the so as, as Rick comes running up from the Noble District, Gavin is walking back that way carrying Brigger. What the hell's going on? I don't think he likes the music. Is he alright? What the fuck? Brigard, muscles. Psh, 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 smacks him in the face. Talk to me. I want to shout as if I am deafened, but I don't want to blow the microphone out, so, uh... Rick, do not go in there. Terrible music is piercing my head. I can't... I can't see straight. Russell's in there still. You should go after him. I can't. I run towards the tavern. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Brigard, Gavin will deliver you to your house. Okay. Rick, you go busting in through the tavern door. There's this little chick up there, this little blonde chick. Um, she stands probably about 5'5", five, five, got some cute little horns, and she's got a really badass-looking electric guitar in her hand. And all around her are these ghostly appearing band members playing and singing. Russell is probably standing four or five feet in front of the rest of the crowd, like bobbing his head to the beat, drinking the air. <laughs> uh, I'm going to roll uh, knowledge engineering right quick. That's a 19 plus 
12, so 31. Uh, can I know the model of guitar that it looks like? Uh, sure, if you want to take time to Google it. I've already. But roll me a perception. <laughs> uh, that's a nat one, so. Uh, probably not. Uh, what music? Seven. <laughs> is that is that an electric guitar? Okay, so yeah, you're too you're too caught up in the fact that this exists to notice that it's not plugged into anything. Maybe that will occur to you later. Maybe. When uh when Brigger got home, uh he stumbled around quite disoriented and uh he filled his uh bathtub with water and he's gonna cast a spell, water breathing. And, uh, <laughs> just to muffle the sound and just uh lay in his tub awake, but just underwater for for uh the duration unless someone interrupts him, he's gonna use we're level three now, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, two hours per level. So uh, for the next six hours, unless one of you comes and lets him know that this uh, hell is over, he is just going to go here where at least, uh, unless magically it pierces the water, um, he just knows, like, you know, water can muffle things. So he, he's just laying there. Is tinnitus a uh, pathfinder disease by chance? <laughs> <laughs> so, Rick, what do you do when you see this? I look around. Is anybody else just writhing in pain? No. Is anybody looking like they're going to be in a fight? No. He like lowers his 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 bow and walks up to Russell. Hey. What? What's going on? Music. I Yeah, I know. Ah. This is, I, this is I ain't never heard metal. anything like this. It's metal. It's not. It's music. <laughs> no, it's called metal, you dumbass. Rigard couldn't take it. And I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Russell tries to start an underground metal scene instead of a gambling hall. Trigger tries to get it shut down. Next thing you know, Dustress becomes Footloose instead of an actual game. <laughs> so yeah, she will she will finish the song. And uh the the ghostly uh folks from her band will kind of shimmer and fade and vanish. And then she'll walk up and she'll be like, You like it? Hell yeah! Told you I was famous. I Where the I was prepared. I, I'll be honest. I was prepared to pretend like in whatever you played, but um, that that was fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Where the hell did you get a war beast? Huh? The guitar. Oh, it was in a cave. It was in a cave. The hell was a fucking guitar doing in a cave let alone an electric guitar wait it's oh well that's a you're fun not plugged story. into anything yeah I, I i i it's a fun story do you want another story yes uh, yeah okay so like i'm a tiefling right uh-huh 
And so like people don't like me, like my own parents didn't like me and they gave me away. And then my adopted parents didn't really like me. And it, it was this whole thing, right? So like I ran away from home and then I ended up kind of in on this island and that was really before Hill Point was here. But I kept feeling like something was calling me and pulling me and whatnot. And then I started having visions in my dreams and they would show me the landscape. So I followed them and then they led me to this cave. And in this cave, there was like this guitar and it's like fiery flames coming off of it and everything. And it sang a song to me asking me to take it. So I did. And in exchange for playing it, it promised me a life where like people would accept me because I was famous and stuff. And so now I'm really famous and I get to play all over the world. Hell yeah. Pretty cool, huh? So did it make the rest of that band? Oh yeah. It could do all kinds of things. You should see some of the tricks it does if somebody tries to hurt me. Can I give it a try? Uh, you could, but the last person who asked me that died. Uh, why? Um, I don't know. Maybe the guitar didn't like them. Like, it's alive. You get that, right? It talks. To me, anyway. Okay. Uh, don't know if I want to fuck with that then. Well... I mean, we'll have to figure out a way not to upset the neighbors, maybe. But I'm thinking of starting a little establishment. These these folks gave me far too much house to actually live in. You will be welcome to play anytime you damn well please. That's cool. Like, I travel a lot for different gigs and whatnot, but like, I always come back. I always come back here like this is this is like home. I can see that. One thing to note, Russell. I was in my basement, and it was loud. Well, then I, uh, I highly recommend you get some uh, something to cover your ears. Because <laughs> I live next door to you. That's the reason Dravik doesn't like me playing during times when like people should be asleep and stuff like that. I wasn't planning on being open during times when people should be awake. <laughs> Have you ever measured out the distance? Huh? The distance that the sound goes. Have you ever measured it out? Well, I can't really do that. If I'm standing here playing, I can't be over there measuring. Well, somebody else could have. Like, when, when I was approaching it, does it have, like, a normal sound fall off and it's just loud as fuck? Or Yes. It does It does have a, a fall off. Um, it is just, like... If back in your world, you would hook the guitar up to like the biggest stage amp and turned it all the way up, it's louder than that. Okay. Brigard is not the only person who's ever experienced pain from this. If she plays for a long period of time, just the sheer sound level will start to fuck with you. Hey, so wait a second, kid. You said you recognized this style of guitar? Yeah, it's uh, it's a war beast. Well, assuming one had a little bit of knowledge about how to play a normal guitar, uh, a 
regular i don't know my the type of guitar you can imagine i was exposed to an acoustic guitar i suppose that's what they called them once they started making different types <laughs> but um it would hole in the front same yeah. number of strings all that yeah well could you construct one of these not not that does all of this but uh i could give it a shot and he looks over towards cat and go could you teach me to play yeah uh, uh, Russell, there's there's one thing. Hers doesn't plug into anything. That's magic. The one I make, it's gonna need more than just the guitar. It's gonna need an amp. It's gonna need power. Otherwise, you're gonna go clink, 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 right there, and it's not gonna sound like much. Hmm. Couldn't she use magic to amplify the sound? Uh, for a little bit, but that's gonna hurt. I'd prefer to make something that's easily and painlessly reusable why don't you just ask mal for help what about asking mal for help like he can make things and make them magic and it doesn't hurt him oh well uh, where is mal at <laughs> back talking to Z- azov and gavin excuse me <laughs> uh, when you start to walk off she'll grab your arm and she'll be like you can't tell him i told you because <laughs> He's never told me. The guitar told me. Ah. Uh, Her name is Hellscreamer, by the way. Well, well met, Hellscreamer. Well, it's a metal-ass name. You gotta hand it to it. Her? You said it's a her? Well, like, I just call the guitar her. I don't know. Instruments are all hers. I mean, it just, it's like boats. Brick just like kind of stares at Russell and I was just like have you never named an inanimate object not particularly I don't know what happened to society in those 200 years between you and me damn but the thing is if you want to get in and find out if Mal can help you what you have to do is just like talk to him in general and if he likes you then he'll tell you what he can do well kid i see your first problem what someone's gonna have to like you fuck off (laughs) hundreds of feet away brigitte is laughing in a bathtub at this (laughs) (laughs) which brigard you can make me a perception check sweetheart okay Uh, Brigard is uh, so out of sorts from this, he only got an 11 on that perception check. Well, that's fine. You only needed a 10. The oh, uh, cool. the vibrations that uh, of the music that you could feel coursing through the water have stopped. <sighs> He'll get out of the bathtub and uh, spend some time hanging himself off and uh... stand on the other side of the room to drain it. Yes. He's going to stand on the other side. He's going to run away from that sound because that sound scares him. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he'll, uh, he'll jog back to the, the tavern looking for his friends. Yeah, Russell and Rick are standing there with this girl talking, but there's no more music coming from the strange instrument. Uh, he'll see he'll see the axe still out, though, uh, and he's going to approach apprehensively. He doesn't have weapons or anything drawn. Uh, he's more flight than fight right now. He can't really... He sees her just holding the instrument and 
he, he doesn't think uh, brute force is the way to go, so he's walking up close to it like uh Oh, hell, Brigger. Ah, shit. That's on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the both of you might notice that uh, Rick is holding a very strange-looking short bow. It looks like it's made of metal. Rick, were you uh, similarly affected by this racket? Hey! Hey! Uh, no, it's just loud-ass metal. It's nothing new. You're used to this kind of music? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, he's just going to shake his head. I, I I open up my phone and I, albeit, of course, much quieter, uh, I, I play some relatively similar metal off of my phone. And uh, Bird's going to smash your fucking phone. <laughs> he's not. He's not. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> Like it, it, I mean, it's through a phone speaker. It's not extremely loud or anything. Yeah, yeah. He, he's still, he's gonna flinch. It's like the second time he heard the gunshot. Oh, I don't know that one. Yes, I got some music from, I guess, uh, our home world on here. That's pretty cool. I may have to listen to that sometime and see if I can play it. Yeah, fine by me, I guess. I don't think they can sue you into oblivion from here so unless someone from the FCC has been transported to Dustress <laughs> and then we finally have our answer Dustress is hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah like if, if if that's all Rick will spend some time considering how to better approach Mal uh, about things alright and I suppose if the music is stopped, he's just gonna empty out his pockets onto the nearest table and start snapping sticks and popping pebbles and pulling shit out of thin air. All right. So y'all see Rick sit down and start messing with these pebbles and sticks and whatnot. And like new weapons and gear are just appearing. Son of a bitch. Yeah, Russell's not necessarily wanting to interrupt him while he's working, but definitely taking a bit of an interest. At, at a certain point, uh, I don't know what kind you actually wanted, but uh, Rick's gonna pop out a pop out a gun uh, for you. It'd be um, either a slightly more modern revolver or a rifle. For those listening at home, a Nagat revolver or Mosin Nagat rifle. Which, you do still have that drawing that you wanted to show to Rick. Yeah, but that, completely out of character, I've already statted out these other two weapons. This one's going to be, that's going to be for a future project. Right. Because <laughs> I, I feel like semi-autos are going to break things too soon. And yeah, okay, fine. We'll, uh, we'll let uh, Rick produce the rifle, and then Russell will kind of walk over with the drawing of the gun and be like, Hey, kid, are you familiar with anything like this? I, I take a look at it. Do you do you want me to re-roll engineering, or do you want to go with my original thirty for the guns? Um, I figured we'd just well, go with the original. Or you're not trying to to make this here. He's asking you if you've seen anything like it. You've well, definitely yeah. seen guns like this. Yeah, but like I didn't know if it was a particular kind or a, if it's, is it just a, like a a nine millimeter? It's or a, a it's yeah, a it's an nondescript drawing of the semi-automatic handgun uh yeah that's uh 
looks like a nine mil. You know enough about how it works to uh, do what you're doing? Uh, yeah, it's really not that much more complicated than one of these. And he tosses the rifle at you. Well, hell. And he'll 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 look at it. He'll think for a couple of minutes uh, before snapping another stick and popping one out. Whew. I got weapons. He'll show you how to how to use the clip and how to load it uh, as he pops out uh, a bunch of bullets as well. And Russell, after after seeing it operate once, is going to kind of pick it up and with fairly unfamiliar but surprisingly proficient grace start working the weapon just be careful about it you can't play russian roulette with that thing you'll always lose yeah i get a general idea of how the physics work besides you always lose russian roulette you either lose lose or you get kicked out of town if you win and that ain't no fun kind of tries to spin it but if anyone's ever tried that with a semi-auto you know it's significantly more difficult to spin than a revolver rick's just gonna be like stop that shit not indoors not near other people i turned on the safety doesn't matter those bullets in there are a lot touchier than the ones you're used to they're better in harsher environments but they'll go off twice as hard and just as easy Rick, make me a perception check. 624. So you notice as you're working on this stuff and and showing him this gun and stuff, Mal is watching you. And I look at him as he looks at me while I look at him. Oh, if you you actually, like, look up and catch his gaze, he'll just flip you off. (laughs) Flip him off. That'd make him chuckle. Grumble something while I kick out a fancy ass uh, compound longbow for Brigard. I think Brigard is still kind of standing back a little bit apprehensively because he's afraid Cat's going to make more noise. Yeah, the uh, the stuff magically uh, appearing out of, not nowhere, but uh, magically popping up, uh, he's watching that, but then he's also always uh, reverting, averting his eyes back to uh, the axe. Just um, on edge and uh, slight ringing in his ears. Hey, Burger, this one's for you. And I, like, hold it up. Burger to go over. Thank you very much, Rick. This is very nice. It will come in much. You can stop yelling. What? We can hear you just fine. You don't have to yell. Oh, apologies. Thank you for the gift. Do you need me to rub your shoulders? No, th- this was earlier. Remember when you were helping me? Ah, uh, yes. And uh, he'll take it. He's going to test the, uh, the the tensile strength of the the draw. Uh, not he's not going to knock an arrow inside the tavern. Uh, he's just going to feel the, uh, the the difference. He'll he'll show you uh, which of the cables to pull since there's multiple. Oh, this is a compound bow. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So he's going to going to spend a moment just lightly tugging on each one trying to figure out which one is which until Rick will correct him yeah Rick will come up and he'll he'll give you a quick and simple rundown of like this isn't like a normal bow where you only like you can kind of change how you pull on it this is they go it starts here it goes all the way back and it locks and then you let go and it uses all that force at once so it's, it's a little rougher but it hits hard I think watching this 
Travis would walk up to the two of y'all and kind of be watching as you explain this bow to him, to Brigard. Rick, Rick will look at him and then like back at Mal and then and then just go back to what he was doing. Brigard will uh, see Travis walking up and uh, offer up the bow for him, him to inspect. Oh yeah, he will definitely take it and check it out um, before handing it back to you. He'll be like, well, I've never seen anything like that. Let me know how it works. I'm very excited to uh, try it out. We are heading out at first light to uh, investigate the missing young women. If you care to join us, we will be in your neck of the woods, so to speak. Hmm. I've got my own duties. Just uh, if you get a chance to fire it off, let me know how it works. Would you like to try it now? I They don't need me for this. Uh, Russell seems quite preoccupied with his new friend and Rick is having a glorious time creating the gear for us. We could go out and shoot a couple at a at a post. Uh, we can do better than that. Come on, I know where uh, general direction we can head. And a little hawk here. Well, he can he can spot us something. Maybe we can get us a deer or a hog. Hogs are out this time of night. A hog would be great for my collection. Let's go see what it can do. Before Brigard can leave, uh, Rick will call out to him again. Hey, Brigard. And he'll like, you know, like how you, you take something that's long and you kind of just pass it over completely sideways and it doesn't like tilt one way or the other. Like a yeah. staff pass. Oh, yep. Uh, he's going to do that with the new Bardiche. Oh, nice. And I forgot you in that part. Yep. Uh, thank you again, Rick. You've, you're, you're too kind. Uh, first pick of the boar that we find is yours. I'll take bacon. You'll take back fat and you'll like it. <laughs> no, no, what's it called? Oh, pork belly. I should have said pork belly. Pork belly. Disregard. Well, pork, isn't pork belly just uncut bacon? It's... That's that's the that's the joke, Sean. Okay. Well, I was just making sure because, like, sometimes cuts of meat can be weird. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Dusters Podcast. My name is Don. I'm the voice of Brigord. You can find me do other tabletop RPG podcasts over at HexGridHeroes.com. I'm currently rebooting a Starfinder campaign, and I'm the voice of Pokemon trainer Cory in Pokemon Seichao. Over there, I also sit down with a couple of my friends and we discuss how a horror movie can be used in a haunted house setting. If you'd like to hear me talk more about horror movies, I also do a horror movie review podcast over on the Necropodicon Network. It's right there in the name, How to Survive a Horror Movie, where we talk about movies like Legion, Hush, and Quiet Place, and we talk about how the people in the movie could have survived this better and what would be our perfect sequel. That's all for me for now. You never know I'm going to have another project, so follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Don Buley. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, the voice of Russell Clark, and I swear I'm not that much of an ass in real life. I just play one in podcast. In real life, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at ActionForge. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing 
It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what the control, control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, zone you guys probably like, like the zone. Guys, where you get I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elma's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the, the Wild West out there. <laughs> LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5E podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And this is Last Call, so finish your drinks, and we'll see y'all next time.